listening to Splash with Shalene Bryan. Get ready to be splashed with love and laughter to rehydrate your soul. Well, welcome to another episode of Splash. I'm Shalene Bryan here with my buddy, Barbara Cameron. Hello, everybody. Ready to splash you with a little love, laughter, and encouragement to rehydrate your soul and lean in, my mm, dear friends. Here we go. We're about to have a cannonball in here. <laughs> it's called sitting in the splash zone. <laughs> yes, you're going to get I, wet. <laughs> I had so admired this woman from mm. a distance, buddy. Mm. Read her books. Actually shared a stage with her husband at the AACC World Conference, okay. but did didn't want to be that person. Like, I know your wife. Well, I don't know her, but I like her books. So I just said, Shalene, back down. So I never met him, but uh, heard him speak. She's better, but okay, just saying that. And um, <laughs> he was good. He was good though. But she's just a whole nother level. But welcome to the Splash Zone, Lisa Bevere. Woo! Woo! Lisa! I, I, you yes. know what? I'm so excited. I'm like, I can't even tell you. <laughs> I got to meet her backstage, buddy, at the Extraordinary Women event mm. this year mm -hmm. in Lynchburg, Virginia, yeah. which you know, being in California, we're Southern California here, I'll go anywhere where my daughter's in That's college right. or That's my son. Right. So That's Texas right. and Virginia, I'll, I'll come, right? right? And I'm backstage and I hear this woman and I'm like, that's, that's Lisa, because I listened to her podcast, mm. um, the Adamant, when her Adamant book had come out. And I'm listening, and you said something, and I just literally walked through the backstage curtain and stood on the edge of the stage, backstage, though, right. you couldn't see me. Right. And she said, listen, I love what she said right here. There are not a lot of stories of women doing life well together. Mm. And the Lord said to Lisa, she goes, tell my daughters, you're writing that chapter now. Mm. And I went, wow. amen, yeah. amen. Yeah. And I feel like you so live this in your life. I mean, this isn't just a cute little saying that's tweetable from the stage. I mean, you live this in your life. I mean, you and John have been mm. married over 35 years. You have four sons. You have three daughter-in-laws. I do, I do. And then you have four grandbabies. Mm. I have five. You have don't, five. Don't leave. Don't leave don't, out Scarlett. Don't leave don't Scarlett leave out because she's. Don't leave her out because she's How old young. Scarlett. How old? Scarlett is four months, oh. and um, she weighs uh, the equivalent of probably a nine-month-old. Uh, at three oh. months, she was top tipping the scales at like fifteen and a half. And healthy baby. Uh, mm. Yeah. Yeah, and her mom was like, I don't know if she's getting enough. I'm like, this child can't even smile. She, her cheeks are so heavy. She's like permanently looking it. at me judgy because she can't, you, you've made her cheeks too fat. I can't, <laughs> I can't deal with this. But yeah, she's, she's adorable. She is the first of Austin and Jess and... You know, John and I, we try to bribe our children to have babies. Like, yes. like if you yes. reproduce... We will bless you. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Again oh, and again, you. please. Again and again. Yes, yes. yes. Now, Barbara, are, do you share the heritage that Shailene and I proudly share? Are you are you Italian? Oh no, no, no. no. She I, actually I, did wait, her ancestry.com. Like, oh no, like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do receive a lot of wonderful energy from you girls. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm German, English, little Scottish. Yeah. Well, you know what Lisa did? Was this recently too? She got her dual citizenship in Italy now. Oh, awesome. Was that cool? Oh, that's awesome. I'm like, I think I want to do that. 
you, yeah, if I don't you know. can, you should. If I you can, should. you could. You could. I could. No, no, I mean me. It took forever. It took forever. The Italian consulate in Chicago, were, they were so grumpy when I went in there. They were like angry at me for applying for citizenship. And finally, I was like, wait, you guys, like, your country needs me. That's what right. is going on. Yes. And I, I had brought my books in Italian and put them on the glass because there's like a glass barrier. This is pre-COVID. Wow. I mean, wow. it was like going to the DMV with angry Italians. And I put my <laughs> books up and I was like, look, look, I am published in in, in Italia. Yeah. And they're like, you don't speak it. You don't know speak it. And I'm like, I, we're in America. You're, You're like, right. try, try my meatballs and <laughs> you'll know I'm Italian. Yeah. <laughs> See, but I'm, I'm Southern. I said, try oh. my pesto. Oh, that's right. There we go. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Exactly. I love the pesto. Amen yeah. and amen. Oh, you and John have an amazing ministry that you guys founded together, Messenger International, the story of marriage. And tell me a little bit, because I love, and I would love our Splash family to hear your backstory. I There's so many nuggets about her that I just didn't know Mm -hmm. and I learned backstage Mm -hmm. that I would love for you to share. But when you first, you know, everyone sees someone like Elisa and goes, oh, she must have had some solid godly parents. And that just raised her up. No, this girl was like the prom queen. She was pinned. She was perfect. She was pretty. And she's like, yeah, I mean, there's probably a God, but, you know, don't get in my way. Yeah, (laughs) I'm doing doing good all by myself. But then you meet your man. Yeah, no, I was no, I was a train wreck, and then I met my man. No, mm-hmm. I was trying out for the sexual gymnastics team at the <laughs> University of Arizona. I was not a Christian. I was a complete heathen, and was just ridiculously lost. You know, God really used uh, ACDC to get me saved. It was crazy. I was singing. <laughs> I was singing out loud. <laughs> driving home from U of A to Indiana. I'm on the highway to hell. And there was a moment where I realized, uh, I think I I think I might be. I think I might be. Wow. And this is not a good destination. And I remember I was having such a hard time staying awake. I was worried I was going to fall asleep at the wheel and, and die. And mm-hmm. that summer became a summer of pursuit for me. Wow. And I had, again, I had never heard the gospel. Mm. I, you know, I, I was raised in the denomination where I was pretty sure that I was headed straight to possibly lower level purgatory and maybe, <laughs> maybe someone could help me. I don't know. So I, I, you know, I'd never heard the gospel. My parents were divorced, not once, but twice. They were like, Hey, let's, let's do this multiple times when our kids Wait are a in minute. junior high. So, they got back yeah. together. They divorced yep. and then they reunited. Yep. No, they like got married. Again. Yep. yep. <gasps> they got married the second, oh. you know, married each other the second time. Your heart. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. So they did it when I was 13. Oh. And then they did it seven years later when my brother turned 13. So uh, it was it was a little bit of a crazy world. Right. My dad's 100% Sicilian. Yeah. My mom came from a very broken background as well. Her mom uh, was a pioneer for women. She believed in upgrading husbands. So she was married... <laughs> four times <laughs> she was like I'm just gonna keep upgrading yes so she, yes yeah she was like I'll just go for more so <laughs> my grandmother was married uh, her last husband was the dean of chemistry at Purdue and the president of Great Lakes Chemical and on the Manhattan Project so wow. my grandmother they were go to the Purdue Notre Dame game with Mayor Daly hung out with the Nixons yeah it was a who's who yeah yeah and then my mom marries a Sicilian. So it was kind of scandalous. 
I had a crazy upbringing. And what happened was I went to this Bible study picnic. And the only reason I went, guys, is I heard free food. That's what I heard. So I heard free <laughs> food. College free, food. free food, yes. <laughs> free food. So Aww. I go to this picnic. And, and again, frame of reference, people are standing in a circle singing I've got the joy, 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 joy down, down in my heart. My heart. And, Where? And I just want to start pound, punching people. I mean, I'm like, you guys are crazy. Right. Yep. I don't know what's wrong with you. Like, this is... Mm-hmm. Like, we're, are we, we're the hot are dogs. Are we two? Yeah. Are yeah. we two? Are like, we this t- is... <laughs> we two. I'm not seeing... I'm it's not true. seeing this Looking song Looking in on that, you. I bet. I am <laughs> mad at you. And, and then they started singing another song, which is a worship song, and a couple people were raising their hands. Now, college student... Raising your hands equals I have a question. So I'm like, why, why do you have a question during this song? And so I just don't know where to look. I look down at the song sheet that we've been handed, and I look down at this song that was called Robes of Righteousness, which again, completely foreign mm, terms to me. Sure. And one of the lines says that when God would look at me, he would no longer see me, he would see Jesus. Mm. And the Holy Spirit sees that moment. Mm. And I had a revelation Mm. that I needed a covering. And I looked at John, who was standing next to me. It's the first time I've really spent any time with him. And I said, is this true? And he said, is what true? I said, is it true that God could ever look at me and not see me? That he would see Jesus? And at that moment, God began to just draw me. And so John and I went walking that night on the campus and I asked him every possible question. He preached to me from basically, I mean, he had a captive audience, Genesis to the book of Revelations. I began to panic. I had seen the ending of Thief in the Night where people were getting their heads cut off. Right. And I'm like, oh no, there's there's that saying. I'm not sure what it's called. My mom had told me there's this thing happening. It's called a rapture and you're not going. And she mm-hmm. put a book on the bookshelf and said, when your brother and I disappear, you need to read this book. <laughs> I'm telling oh you. Oh my God. No, y'all. I'm telling you. I'm telling you the oh truth. And of course, I was like, what? So I, of course, acted like you're an idiot, rolled my eyes. She went to bed, pulled the book down. I'm like, God's going to blow up the world. Wait a minute. The world is going to get blown up. <laughs> right. I'm getting left behind. So I remember finally just interrupting John. I said, I want to do this thing. Like, whatever this is, I, I'm ready. And he's like, I, I'm not done. <laughs> Panic. But on my first date with John, I got born again. Mm. He said, do you want to invite the Holy Spirit into your life? I'm like, is that important? He was like, yes. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And he said, now you're saved. And I said, what does that even mean? Mm. And he said, it means you're whole again, spirit, soul, and body. And I I looked at him. And again, you got to remember, this is someone with, very little biblical frame of reference. Religious, yeah, which are people listening right now. There are people yeah. listening right now. This is so good, Lisa. This is so good. I, just, I said, can I eat cheese now? And he's like, what? <laughs> I said, you just said that now that I'm a Christian, I'm whole, spirit, soul, and body. I have lactose intolerance. So you're saying now I can have cheese? And he's oh. like, oh, dear Jesus. So he grabs my hands and he's like, basically, God, if you can save this heathen, you can heal her. Like, John was like, I'm more in awe of, of you saving her than I am of you possibly. And I felt not this being warmth. lactose intolerant anymore. Yeah, yeah. Here's some Gouda. Yeah, yeah. No, no, Parmesan. Oh, that's so right. anyway, this warmth came into my stomach. And 
all the knots that had been there since I was 15 mm. untied. Mm. And I perceived it myself, I was healed. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was crazy, completely healed. So I thought anybody that gets you born again, filled with the Holy Spirit and healed on the first date, you should probably marry them. Yes. So we, we got married a year and a half later. Wow. Yeah. We went to premarital counseling, did not listen to anything that was said to us because we thought these are people that God didn't put together. God put us together. The only thing we disagree about is salad dressing. I'm not paying attention to these people. I know ranches is, is not right. Uh, I'm just going to have to expose John to, you know, vinegar and oil, and then he's going to love it. So about three months in, I, I had a vision. I don't know if you had this vision, Shalene, but I had the vision of a perfect man. Mm. And I felt like my calling was to change John mm. from the man he was <laughs> into the man of my vision. Did everybody and hear at that? First, <laughs> yeah, at first, I was gentle. I was gentle, you know, just like, hey, 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 close your mouth when you chew. Just like, just a little, just a little. But then I got a little forceful with my calling. <laughs> and John had had a vision of his own, a vision of a sweet, supportive submissive wife and all of a sudden we began to fight like you cannot believe mm. i mean john's italian i'm sicilian when you don't have children to watch you your marriage can look like wwf wrestling and yes. that is exactly yes. Yes. what we look like for the first three years it was a little ridiculous mm. so i I don't know how much more your audience can handle. I no, don't know I, I no what more reason why? I mean, anyone who's listening has got to go over to Messenger International because they have like literally this awesome online marital courses awesome. that are fantastic yeah. with both of them. And it's real in and it's Arabic. raw and in yes. every language you want. You want it in, in Italian, you want it in Greek, Hebrew, what do you need it in? But I feel like that, that people sometimes feel that they're alone out there or they yeah. know of you. I mean, you have like a million followers it's like the problem is is you're, those followers are people who are seeing through you to Jesus mm -hmm. because you are so real. You're, mm. There's no churchiness about you. Yeah, and I think that that's what people lean in about. But there are people listening right now who are in broken, broken yeah. marriages. And you see yeah. it. I mean, that's why you guys created Messenger International. I mean, it's unbelievable. And those resources are out there for people. And I think sometimes you don't maybe want to go into a church mm -hmm. or you don't really want to tell anyone about your crap. Mm -hmm. And so this is an opportunity that John and Lisa put together that is fabulous. I mean, unbelievable. Check it out, mm -hmm. look into it. But you started then from that Obviously, God was stirring in you, but when did you feel, because God can still use us when we suck. I mean, hello, Rahab, right? It wasn't like he, he rescued her before he rehabbed her, you know what I mean? And it's like, she goes on to becoming the great, great, great grandma of, you know, oh, King David. David. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can't get to Jesus without going through Rahab. It's unbelievable. So I look at you and I'm thinking of even like your book, Girls with Swords, and yeah. how to carry your cross like a hero. We were all mm -hmm. meant to carry, we have a cross that mm -hmm. we're bearing. I mean, the cross mm -hmm. was just the instrument God used right. to demonstrate his love for us. And mm -hmm. I love, I mean, and even your your talks on that are unbelievable. But then you wrote that book, Adamant. And this mm -hmm. I feel like was at such a timely place because COVID hadn't happened yet. All these things, right. but it's fi like finding truth in a universe of opinion. Hello. 
My my, I met with my agent last week, and she said, "I feel like you write all of your books about five years too early." It's amazing, <laughs> said, but you know what, Adam? And it, I'm glad that you brought that up. Adam had actually had a further reach in COVID than it did oh, in its launch year. No, people need to get it right now. It's like finding truth in a universe of opinion. Mm-hmm. This book's amazing, and then she did a podcast, which you guys can Google. I am adamant, but you had Preston Sprinkle on, who I did. Francis and Lisa Chan are some of our besties, and he wrote with Francis Erasing Hell. Right. Right. Mm. Yes. I mean, yes. Uh, the only re- reason that you'd be having your best life right now, my dear listening friends, is because you're going to hell. So you need to lean in here for a minute because this I am adamant. I mean, she gets in and he talks about broken people and mm. conversations that need to be had that are taboo almost, especially in Hollywood. You can't even, what? Mm. It's crazy, buddy. And that podcast, I mean, that would accompany your book, but that book, you're right. I bet today that thing's just blowing up again and becoming a bestseller because it's so timely. Mm. And God had given her those words back before COVID and the election and all of that. It's it's mm. it's really amazing. It's amazing. Mm. It's, it's, well, it's, and, it's amazing. and it was a scary book for me to write. I I'm bet. not going to lie. I mean, I had I had just come off a New York Times bestseller without rival, telling everybody they had an identity without rival. Now I will say I did close that out with if you're a friend with the world, you make yourself an enemy to God. That's right. I did close yeah. that 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 we have a God who has no rival, which means he will not tolerate that. So there's a mm. difference between being a friend with the world and a friend to the world. So I'm supposed to be a friend to the world, but not with. If I'm a friend with, I pursue what the world pursues, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of the life, which means translating in the message, I love it. The pride of life is wanting to appear important in the Mm. eyes of others. So we're not wanting to be important in the eyes of God, which John the Baptist was great in the eyes of God and not well esteemed necessarily in the eyes of people or the religious leaders. So, you know, I remember, you know, coming off and and God telling me, you know, I was writing the book. I'm so excited about, oh, God's adamant. He's adamant, invincible in his love for us. He's adamant in truth. Mm -hmm. He's adamant in word. He's, you know, adamant constantly. I mean, he doesn't change all these great things. And I had just finished the adamant in love, shut my laptop and God said, and I am adamant in hate. I was like, what? Excuse me? Excuse me? What? No, what, what, do you, what do you mean you're adamant and hate? And then I'm like, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm going to have to, You maybe I'm tired. And I rode my bicycle home from the place I was riding to my little family. And I get a text message from this messianic rabbi. And he said, the Holy Spirit told me you're writing right now. And he said, whatever you just wrote on today is what is immunizing an entire generation against truth. And he's and I wrote him back and I said, wow. adamant and hate. And he said, and he gave me all these Hebrew words. I'm like, okay, but your name's not going on that book. Mine is. So I'm gonna have to think about it. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. So, I love it. I love thank you. Yes. Thank you, Rabbi Brian. Thank you. <laughs> so I sit down and I said, all right, before I'm even going to type, God talked to me. And God said, everything, now notice I didn't say everyone, everything that I hate is about protecting who I love. And he said, if you look at the things that unmake love, those are the things I hate. Mm. 
Mm. And so, that's so good. Say that again, Lee. Say that again. Unmake love. Those are the things that God hates because actually, the things that unmake love unmake us. Mm. And so, God hates when evil is called good. God hates. You know, people get people get all stressed about this, but God says He hates. Divorce. Now, he doesn't say he hates people that are divorced. He just says it takes two people and tears them. So why would God hate divorce? Well, back then, especially, women didn't get to initiate divorces. They were just cast aside. And God was like, "Uh, that's not what I, that's not how I treat my bride. Mm. That's not how I treat my people. Mm. So he said, I I hate that because that is not who I am. Mm. I am a faithful husband. Even when you are faithless, oh, I'm still what a nugget of gold, because that's Lisa. what I am. Oh. And so all of these different things, like he hates hands that ha- shed innocent blood. Mm. And if you go back to where that wow. was, it goes back to the book of Isaiah. Okay, when this was written, it goes back to the book of Isaiah, which is Baal-Molech worship, which is abortion. Mm. I mean, it goes back, they used to take uh, the babies that were conceived during the sexual rituals and throw them into a fiery belly and mm. beat the drums so no one could hear them screaming. Oh. So so these things that God hates is about protecting who he loves. Oh. Oh. And we have to understand that, you know, hate is not the opposite of love. Indifference is, not caring is. Remember when Absalom, it said he didn't, he didn't respond uh, to his brother one way or the other, but he had a plot. So it's interesting that God who is love can hate, mm. but God who is love cannot be indifferent to our suffering. He cannot be indifferent to our plight. He cannot be indifferent to our marriages. He cannot be indifferent to our children. He cannot be indifferent to us. He cannot be indifferent to a call to holiness. He can't. And so right now we we have a church and and I'm not trying to, you know, dog on the big C church, but we have a church that is at a crossroads. Mm. And what is tragic is we have been known more for what we are against than what we are for. Wow. And and we need to stand, we need to stand for truth, but we also need to understand that we've had a tendency to preach the truth without love. Right. And when a church preaches truth without love, a culture responds by preaching love without truth. And so you and I are living in a day and a time so where true. we have to merge love and truth in our own lives first mm. and foremost. Wow. And that is the challenge, you know, that whole idea of love and truth, you know, and, you know, we have a lot of uh, confusion. People say grace, grace on everything. Well, a lot of times what our culture says is grace is actually mercy. You know, mm. mercy is when we get what we don't deserve. Right. Mercy is what covers us, not grace. But grace is not just about a cover-up. Grace is an empowerment. It says having say no to ungodliness. We have the grace of God. That's what we, you know, have the grace of God. We draw near. So grace is an empowerment to walk in godliness. We can't, we can't do any of that outside of the grace of God. So we need great grace right now. Yeah. And and the church, I think right now, is at a crossroads to say, who am I going to fear? Am I going to fear God or am I going to fear man? Mm-hmm. And that's really where we're at right now. 
How did I go from sexual no, gymnastics was, to fear? Of- <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just keep talking. Oh, good. Oh, I, I wow. feel like I'm just, I'm getting splashed. I don't think I've written down more I know, nuggets. I know. I know. Barbara's Shaleel taking Tessa, notes. I'm, I'm like, wow, notes. she's I'm never taken it. notes before. <laughs> she's like, I need that, I need that. No, the Lord just speaks through her. She's just like anointed. Oh, that is so good. So good. Just the truth. The truth is just so freeing. Well, and I love that you love Rahab, but you and I both know that Rahab made an exchange. She made an exchange that nobody else in that city made. She exchanged the fear of judgment for the fear of the Lord. That's right. She said, your God is God. Well, everybody else in here is afraid of what's going to happen. I'm going to be, I'm going to humble myself and tremble before your holy God. And I think that we don't understand everything, everything in the spirit is an exchange. And, you know, I remember God saying to me, you can either be a wise woman or a foolish woman. Mm -hmm. And and I was like, okay, I don't want to be stupid. You know, I know I started out stupid. I don't want to end up stupid. So let's help me. And he said, foolish women hold on to the things they need to let go of and let go of the things they need to hold on to. So we need to hold on to the promises of God, hold on to his faithfulness, and we need to let go of our past. We need to let go of our, you know, fears. We need to, and so we have to always, life in the spirit is an exchange. You know, Mm. it doesn't matter. What what do people say? Well, what does God say? What does scripture say? You know, I'm not hearing from God. What was the last thing he told me to do that I didn't, that I didn't do, you know? So we have to go through these different exercises every single day, you know, and that whole idea of deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. Jesus is our pattern. We don't follow people. We follow Jesus. How did Jesus express the love of God? He set captives free. Mm. He also spoke the truth. He also (laughs) spoke the truth. And he not only spoke the truth, he lived the truth. Because he was the truth. He That's wasn't right. just a, a another philosopher pointing towards truth. That's right. He could point to himself. I can't, mm. I can, I can say something that's true, but I can't point to myself and say I am truth. Mm. I'm not truth. Wow. <laughs> How many people are trying to say that? That's no, right. I'm telling the truth. I, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. 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 Wow. Lisa, can you have a sleepover? I just want you <laughs> yes, to come over and have a sleepover. Seriously. Yes, I'm heading out oh there. Oh my God. After Thanksgiving, John's Please. going out preaching Saturday. I'll be at your house. So good. Oh, wow. I just, ah. Oh. And then you have this amazing new book out mm. called Godmothers, yes. which is amazing. Why you need one and how to be one. <laughs> and being Italian, like I just lean in on that because Barbara is actually the godmother to our daughter, Brooke, Brookie, Brookie oh. Cookie. And then Candace, her daughter, is the godmother to our son, Blake. Mm-hmm. And, Amazing. you know, godmothers <laughs> are huge. And I just thought, what? Unpack oh, that yeah, book. Unpack for, it, yes, it's so exciting. <laughs> why you need one and how to be yeah, one. It's, yep, it's, it's yep. unbelievable. Yep. Well, thank you. Well, I, um, first and foremost, it isn't an Italian thing. I want it to only be Italian, but that would be a lie. It That's was right. an early church thing. So what happened? I mean, we got to remember, Jesus was like, hey, let me just tell you what's going to happen. When you follow me, you know, I'm going to pass the sword and you're going to lose all these relationships you used to have, you know? And so he said, you're going to, you know, basically you're going to leave everything and follow me. You're going to hope some other people follow you there, but that does, there's no guarantee. And so what happened was the family dynamic changed. 
And you even saw Jesus foreshadow this when, when you know, he's teaching and they're like, hey, hey, Jesus, your, your mother. Your mother and brother your outside. Brothers, and Jesus, they're, they're, they're who's like my mother? To take who's my brother, of, right? Yeah. yeah. Those who do, do the will of my father. Right. Exactly. It's my family. And that's family. And so family changed. And so now we've got people, young people getting born again who have no parents. We have wow. young people getting born again who have, they, they're coming from a, corrupt culture in the Greek culture. Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden they're coming into a Judaic Christian culture. Mm-hmm. And so they need godly parents. We hear, we hear the older women must teach and train the younger women. Mm-hmm. You know, so all of a sudden, and then we've got the Titus older two, men yeah. teaching and training mm-hmm. the younger men. Then all of a sudden we've got godparents. And I would say as a godmother, what she would do is say, all right, I saw her make a profession of Jesus Christ. I was there when she was baptized. You don't need to be afraid to put her into this mix of believers because she's not going to betray us to Caesar. She's not going to betray us to the Sanhedrin or whatever that threat would have been in that day. I would have taken personal responsibility for their introduction and their discipleship because somewhere along the line, we forgot we're not supposed to make church attendees. We're supposed to make disciples and the disciples are supposed to make disciples and so to make disciples to make disciples yes to make disciples and so on and so on that's why the church would multiply yes yes but and, and again i feel like god is saying come on people you can do this we are supposed to be us fivefold whatever that is splash what that whatever God gives you is for the perfecting of the saints to do the work of the ministry mm-hmm. because the saints are out in the harvest field. Mm-hmm. Not, you can't you can't t- do all the work of the ministry in the church. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen in the four walls. Mm-hmm. That's where you get a, a taught and equipped so you could go out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you're going to the tractor store and then you're just leaving your tractor there. You know, I feel like right now there's such a um, let's empower people. To, to be witnesses mm-hmm. of the transformative power of the gospel and whatever their field is. But instead, we think we got to bring them to church. But these are people that we haven't even brought into our homes yet. Right. So if I'm, so I'm going to invite my neighbor to go to church. You need to go to church. Can I come to your house? No, no, I'm going to take you to church. And once you get saved, then I'll have you in my house for a Bible study. Mm-hmm. Well, how about we are nice to them? <laughs> how about we're nice to them now? And then, then maybe they'll want to go to church. Maybe right. they'll be like me. Hey, I, what must I do to be saved? I don't, you know, there's people really hurting right now. Mm. And it's it's very confusing. But one of my friends I absolutely love, I was wanting to connect you with. Anyway, she has this other friend who has been so wounded by the church that when she brought this friend to church and the friends that I just love this so much, this was so amazing. My heart feels so full. My spirit feels alive. And she said, I knew you'd love my church. She said, don't call it a church. Don't call it a church. And she's like, well, that is what it is. So, you know, she's Mm. just trying to rename it because it's gotten so convoluted of what the church is. You know, and again, I believe if we preach the word without compromise, yes, then the word will do its work and the Holy Spirit will watch over God's word to perform it. It will, it will, it will not return void. But what we're doing is we're either stopping people from coming into the church. Wait, are you are you wrestling with same sex? We don't we don't want you in the church. Or are you in a same-sex relationship? We don't want you in the church. Mm. We instead of saying we're going to bring everybody in. And we're going to preach the word and let the Holy Spirit do its right. work. Amen. We're, we're like barricading Amen. the doors. Mm, it's craziness. Right. Mm-hmm. It's craziness. 
Or That's exactly what we it preach feels a like. message that is so compromising that there's no conviction. And yeah, and people right. don't, don't, I mean, I, I remember saying to John, and this is embarrassing and does not make sense to my brain right now, but I remember saying to John when he led me to the Lord, here I am, brand new Christian, been sleeping with my boyfriends. I remember saying, I'm so glad I was moral. I said that because in my mind, I was moral right. because I wasn't a one night stand girl. Like I had to date you for at least three months before I'd sleep with you. Right. So I, I had a morality mm. according to the world standard. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, John took that as, oh, wonderful, you're a virgin. And of course, he didn't say that to me at that moment. And then later on, I started reading the scripture. And I'm like, oh, no, no, what is fornication? Oh, let me see. Fornication doesn't say. It's three months in. It's not fornication. Like what just wow. happened here? Wow. I'm, I'm not guilty of adultery, but I'm definitely guilty of fornication. And so all of a sudden, there's morality and then there's holiness. Mm. And holiness is not us trying to be good. That's moral. That's morality. Holiness is a people who live in a way that declares they are gods. And so we have to walk out this way in this world that people say, whoa, whoa, Shalene, I really like her. She's really funny, but I can tell that her and Barbara are from another place. Mm -hmm. Like that's their frame of reference. They're daughters of heaven and they're walking the face of the earth. And so we need God mamas Yes. To tell the daughters what that looks like. Yeah. To take our stupidity and redeem it. Like, hey, you know, uh, I'm going to tell you the the facts, but I'm not going to go into the details. You know, so I'm going to say, you know, like with my boys, I still remember being completely ambushed by my sons. You know, I had four boys. I was like, thank God. Thank God I'll <laughs> never have the evil daughter. Oh, thank God. <laughs> you know, and then... And then, you know, so John had to talk to all of my boys about sex. I'm like, yay, I'm out of this equation. And then I come down to breakfast, making breakfast for my boys before school. And they're like, so, so mom, were you a virgin when you married dad? I'm like, what? Why is this, why is this conversation happening? And John's out of town. More pancakes? I'm like, Would you like some more pancakes? Yeah, exactly. My younger son's like, what's a virgin? I want to be a virgin. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. And I thought, what do I say? Right. And I, I, I thought I can say that's not your business, which would mean no, I was not. Or I could say that was before as a Christian, which would mean no, I was not. Or I could say the truth, right? Which is I was not, but I want something more for you. Mm. And that I think is what we need to say to the next generation. Wow. I made these horrible choices, but I want something more for you. Mm-hmm. And and if we can come from a posture, a godmother says, this is where I messed up. I want something more for you. She's that Naomi to a Ruth, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to change my name to bitterness. Okay. I'm going to tell you how to get connected mm-hmm. with a kinsman redeemer. You know, like that kind of dynamic needs to come back into the church instead of the older women getting angry mm-hmm. at the younger women. Right. If you don't like what you're seeing, right. it's maybe because you haven't sown into them. Mm-hmm. Because you, right. the onus is on us Amen. to right. teach and train. Yeah. 
Oh, so we got to have you back for a part oh. two. Lisa, this was <laughs> so good. Absolutely. Next time, though, we're it. just going to fly you to L.A. so that you can be live in the studio with us. And then we'll go to the day spa after because they'll do a little godmother love. <laughs> oh, we're all in. Word. We're all yes. in. And it's like I cannot wait to buy this book. As a matter of fact, anyone listening right now, if you comment, like, or share this podcast, you will be entered in an opportunity to win a copy of this book. But Godmothers, I mean, I, I didn't even look at it from this perspective ever. That's because crazy. growing up in an Italian family, you know, my dad's side was all Catholic. Buddy, my mom's was Baptist mm-hmm. Christian. Don't mm-hmm. drink, don't dance, mm-hmm. don't date guys mm-hmm. no that joy. do. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, but being now me, I just turned 53, you know, in November mm-hmm. and wanting to sew in, I feel like I've run this great race and I'm still in the race. Like, don't get sure. me wrong. But I, I see these young women and I love mm-hmm. the way you worded that, how they came to know Christ, but they were maybe raised in a home that didn't. Maybe they got married twice and divorced twice and, you know, married four times. I mean, who knows? And so we need to step up women and not Mm -hmm. be these older women that no one wants to be around, but come around them like Titus 2 bookends here and say, let's go. I want to pass this baton to you. I want to be here to help you run this race, fixing Mm -hmm. your eyes Mm -hmm. on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I love that the app, there's courses on there for free. Good. There's, and, and not only did John and I do the story of marriage thing, we put our marriage counselor, the person we go to, on there. Yes. So if somebody is, because we And how do they find it. that? Tell everybody how to so find that. Messenger X is just the word messenger and then X. And you have to keep the X with the messenger because okay. it gets scary when they get separated. So okay. keep it all together, <laughs> messenger X. And it's, That's a whole nother to, website. Yep. You can go to Apple or you can go to Google and you can download the app. It's free and it's in 111 languages. And wow. so, just yeah, messenger, so X. messenger X. Messenger X. Yes, okay. it is a one tool word. to disciple. And if you said, Lisa, you said, hey, hey, I want to, I want to have marriage counseling. I'm going to take the rest of my people. Like, I love Lisa, but I want a professional counselor. If you said, I'm going to take a group through Chip, you, either of you, could start your own group. You could text share the lessons. You can, it's kind of almost gamified, like you can high five people and things yes. like that, like way to do it. Or you can be like, uh, I see you're still in lesson one. I'm on lesson four. What's wrong with you? I mean, you I can keep it. track and it's you. And again, it's you discipling. So John are funneling everything through us. We're just putting everything in other people's hands. That's what That's we awesome. want to do. That's How awesome. lovely. Yeah. But remember, first invite them over for Tuesday Taco Night <laughs> right. and then yes. get them into the Messenger X. <laughs> we want to thank, thank you for hearing that. Yes. We want to thank <laughs> our listeners for being a part and joining us with Lisa and the Splash Zone. And please share us with your friends and family on whatever platform. Leave us a note. We love reading them. And we're wishing everyone a happily ever after. Splash some love on some people. Thanks for joining us today. Come splash with us at shaleenbryan.com.